November Thursday, David, we're back. How do last week? Do you miss me? I yeah. miss you, bro. Yes, <laughs> I miss you. <laughs> They're all screaming at the radio. Yeah, they're all banging it in the window there. Uh, yes, oh eight seven oh six two seven one three eight. Just in case you want to text us, and of course, all the social media sites we're on Twitter, <sighs> Facebook, and uh, Instagram, and a big kickoff ninety six point four at gmail.com. Dave, how are you? Tell me some stuff. What you do? Uh, what should I do? Ah, we went trick or treating last Thursday. I had a bit of fun, and uh, in uh, do you know it was brilliant because <laughs> I had all the bags. We had all the bags ready, and your ears are all right. Yeah, only one ear is working. That's why it's okay. We had all the bags ready, and oh, this is great. We had about sixty to seventy bags, and I said this should do it. Not enough, and. They're coming in their tens to the door. Well, you've busiest day. Oh, busy. And then, then there was people, who, parents, who, with their cars, dri- driving them from one <laughs> state to another state. Like, one or two bags of sweets isn't enough. Give us the full enough. bag here. There's an empty one. Go for it, son. So, anyhow, I, I got, had the last bag. 
uh, about four or five bags yeah. and there was about six or seven people came to the door and I went, oh no. I says, hold on, hold on. And I went out and there was a few bags of sweets or whatever. I emptied yeah. them out and I just grabbed. I said, listen, I just have to give you handfuls of this, that. And I closed the door and there was a little bit of panic because yeah. I don't like Halloween as in, yeah. I don't like the knocking on the door and going, oh, you look yeah, great. Yeah. So I was kind of, I was like, oh no, I don't want We're this. Get egged. And uh, nothing. And I went, what's going on? And I opened the door. Lashing rain. Saved by the rain. <laughs> Happy days. <laughs> so, uh, it's nice and dry tonight, by the way, because it hasn't yeah. stopped all day. It hasn't either. stopped all day mm-hmm. now, but man, listen. It is what it is. It's good for the grass. And, uh, and for water companies, who set up bottled water companies. <sighs> They're cleaning up this Unbelievable. If you, ma- this, is, this, this, <laughs> this hour has been brought to you by bottled water. <laughs> I won't say which. I'll, I'll. Saturday, I went in to see The Exorcist play in yes. the Gaiety. And? Good. Now the first, the, the first half was okay because you know the story, because you know the way yeah. what go. You're not seeing that new, so you're kind of it's kind of has to live up to the film. Now I, I seen the film way after yeah. it was sort of impressive or whatever. So it was it was good. Yeah, it was fairly good. But the second half was really, really, really good. And the reason why it was was because it was all about the demon. And she was in the bed and the demons talking through her or the devil or whatever you want to call it. But it was uh, Ian McKellen's voice. So it was amazing. Yeah, it was great. So and he wasn't even there and he was the best one there. <laughs> <laughs> now, that's not putting the play down. He's yeah. just amazing. Yeah. You know, so and it was very funny. Well it was very very funny. And uh, oh, yeah, it was all, and, and a bit, bit what was the, what would it, crude yeah. as the film was. But yeah, yeah no, well worth looking. Any jumps? Look. Uh, the yeah the very start now I'm not going to say it because people yeah, go and see it yeah, that you yeah. know but yeah the couple but not ma- not yeah. many but couple on Friday I was in uh, town and we decided to go in and pop in and have a and nose at the new FAO Schwartz and Arnott's yes yeah. yeah I heard that very disappointing I believe yeah um forty thousand square foot or whatever so it's not as big as you think I haven't seen it in New York. I didn't think too much of it either. In fairness, I was in it as well, and I wasn't. It wasn't Duncan's toy chest. That's what it definitely wasn't. That um, I, that's what I thought it'd be the stone facade. That's around the corner where that was. Well, I was in this kind of a fancy glass building yeah. kind of place. Um, it was grand, three or four floors, whatever. But yeah, and it's Gra- grand for Irish people is a little bit disappointing, yeah. isn't it? It's but grand. Th- yeah, th- this is definitely maybe a step down from grand. Yeah. The one in Ireland, it's just meh. Yeah, bit no. underwhelming. They have some of their own branded stuff. No, uh, this is a sports show, so we might go on to some sports <laughs> now. Any time, <laughs> any second now. Uh, there is. We'll have a Don't little look it. because of course it's Thursday night and the Europa League is on. So run through a few uh, of the games. It's finished already, and Celtic are through to the knockout stages after a two-one win away to Lazio. A super result. They went were one 0 down uh, from a goal from Chiro Mobile, and then James Forrest and Oliver Incham in the 90th minute sealed the win away to Lazio. And uh, and I watched. I was watching the game before we came in. I got to see the end of yeah. the game and. Of course, terrible ball from the Lazio defender to door break and then three on two Celtic and he said in Cham got the ball. And one of the one of the best fit finishes you can get at an angle, but one of the worst mm. touches, first touches to create that angle. Because mm. it was nearly right in front of the goal, took a touch, went miles wide, but a little dinker and I, it was the only thing he could do, so I was surprised mm. the keeper didn't save it. But that's a great result. That's and their first ever win in proper Italy. away win, yeah. a bit like Ireland. Proper, yeah. proper away wins rare. <coughs> and just a little note that uh, Lazio are, are in big trouble because they're seven points behind Celtic, which means they can't do anything about it with two games to go. But they're six behind Kluge, so Kluge can't 
basically they need Kluge to drop the, lose the last two games two and of which one too. of them I presume is Celtic and I presume Lazio will obviously take on Cluj yeah. and hope uh, so yeah Lazio are go- gone and uh, unfortunately two Celtic fans were stabbed last night yeah. by two masked men and as I said a couple of weeks ago it was, it was disturbing looking the march the kind of Nazi the march Nazi through stuff, Glasgow yeah. and stuff very very strange sad to see anyway and uh, Hopefully, uh, uh, they pull through. Anyway, in uh, that was the only one. Oh no, sorry. Oh no, Rangers. Yeah, all of them are on, are on after eight o'clock. So Rangers are nil all uh, with Porto at the moment. And you were talking and about that. Feyenoord are one nil up against Young Boys now. As it stands, if that finishes the way it does, all four Young Boys and Feyenoord will both be on six, and Rangers and Porto both will be on five. That two is games tight, to go. Isn't it? That oh, is oh. tight, but that's what you want to see. That's great. Fantastic. And as I said, it's a bit, bit like apart from the one team, bit yeah. like the the, the Champions League, six. Valencia. No, all yeah. on seven. Valencia, yeah. Ajax, and Chelsea. And yeah. Chelsea, exactly. And we'll, we'll mention that again in a while. And as far as I'm aware, I'm after scrolling. Oh yeah, Manchester United are two 0 up against Partizan Belgrade. Uh, Belgrade. Uh, oh, three 0 now. As I've just turned it in. Mason Greenwood, Anthony Martial, and Marcus Rashford in the 49 minutes. And those now two disallowed goals in the first four minutes. There you go. So Partizan and Wolves are there. currently nil all with Slovan Bratislava at home. And as it stands with their group, Braga two one up against Besiktas. So basically, how that will look for them is they will be in second on seven points, two points clear Slovan Bratislava. So a win there could really solidify their knockout phase uh, progression. And I'll just have a very very quick look as it stands at United. I think they'll be top. Yeah, they'll be top on ten, six points clear. Partizan as good as done. As good as done. Yeah. Why yeah. is it Partizan Biograd? Partizan Biograd It's in Irish (laughs) (laughs) Okay listen We'll play a song And we'll come back After that uh, For more sports What are we playing? It's the delightful Dua Lipa With Don't Start Now Welcome back to the big kickoff on Livy Sound 96.4 FM. Here's something that I didn't know until today, but it's a good Champions League stat. Is this an educating moment? Robert Lewandowski has scored in every Champions League game and every Bundesliga game this season. This season, yeah. And it's November. And it's never, yeah, super. Isn't that unbelievable? Yeah, stick that up your arse, Messi and Ronaldo. This is it. <laughs> But that They're is brilliant. They're finished. Now, it's over. He had his little slump, but he, you know, as in his is his terms. But that's that's unbelievable. Yeah. Super stuff. And uh, Ronaldo didn't look best pleased when uh, Ramsey, Ramsey just nicked his goal. Trickling over. Goes, Screw that. I'm having it. <laughs> I think Ramsey's excuse was that he thought that the keeper was closer and and was going to do a little jump on. I it would have rather listen. The ball's right there. No way. Every most professional footballers would just straight away tap that in and say, "Look." Well, you, you or me, cent- central defenders oh. or whatever, grab it, oh, take oh, it. I, I, and I'd ran off like yeah. I stuck it in the top corner from 28 <laughs> yards going, get in there! <laughs> of course you would have. Right, what did you want to talk about? Uh, we bring up the FEI Cup final for us. We look yes. back a little bit on Sunday, because Sunday was great uh, for our sport, because uh, straight after that, obviously, we had the hockey, yeah. which we'll come to. But the FEI Cup final, over 33,000 were at the game. Mm, it was okay. Uh, the Dock really didn't get into it until near the end. Uh, Rovers played some nice football, a bit... F- 
sideways and backwards a bit at times but they played some nice football but just lacked a little bit of a cutting edge in the final third which I think everyone who watches the League of Ireland knows that they're lacking that striker now in fairness you can't exactly go well who, who in the league would do it because there isn't that many kind of lethal strikers in the game because any time there is they're gone yeah. like the last one probably was Maguire and of course he's been gone since so it's tough in that, but if Rovers were to nab a striker that can get them 20, 25 goals, it's game over in my opinion because the rest of the squad is seriously strong. But it, it was a decent game, but obviously the drama right at the end. It looks dead and buried. Well, just, and of course they nick just it. before the end, like the drama was amazing just in the no, mm. 90th minute, but goal within three yeah. minutes or what have you. But I, I thought, I, I definitely thought if it was a boxing match that Rovers won the game yeah. you know, on points because I thought they, I thought they were they were pressing high they were yeah. putting especially the first and, half yeah, it was very good Dundalk under pressure but they did they I, every time Jack Bourne looked for the ball you thought something was going to happen so good to watch him isn't he everything is forward e- and everything's forward but Pretty as you said everything. I think he was nearly the only one who was going forward they were just trying to get it into him all the time so they need even Bourke was a bit safe wasn't he sometimes sometimes yeah yeah. but then again listen it, 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 they were the better side so yeah. you, can't, you can't complain and uh, when it went when the penalty went in and it was a penalty the penalty went in you thought it was over uh, what a finish oh, it was a super finish what considering finish. this now is you, it it's if, over if you're critical of, of Shamrock Rovers there was a short kind of corner to, and they didn't get out quick enough yeah, and yeah, they didn't yeah, stop yeah. the cross coming in And so I'm, I'm sure they, they would have looked at that but yeah what a it goal. is the last kick of the game very impressive extra time was non-eventful wasn't it uh, like you the, the legs it. were they gone were, legs were gone and you know yourself it's the fear factor I, let's not overcommit that. Let's because you go one nil down or you go a goal down, you know you're up against it. So uh, it was it was fairly obvious after a couple of minutes where it was going. Yeah, and a uh, bit of drama, a few misses, a couple of good penos. It is what it is. But most of the Rovers were quite good though, yeah, weren't fairly, they? Fairly fairly clinical. But I have to say, I'm, I was delighted. I did one the course of Milltown. Yeah, because they haven't won since uh, they left Milltown. No, and I I was delighted that they won it because they. It needs something else in the league, doesn't it? Yeah, you were, yeah. But then <laughs> it needed something. I know. Yeah, it needed, right. needed something else. And Dundalk got the, the clean slate. Now, looking at Dundalk, yeah, they were disappointed. Do you know what? That is how I've seen them play. And mm. I never really kind of watched them. I suppose I've, I've watched games for half a game or three quarters yeah. of a game, maybe, or maybe less. Yeah. And you switch off and what have you. But kind of watching them through that game, yeah. they kind of do nothing but. Still, create chances sometimes, you know, and it's get the ball into their last third mm. early enough, and you know, put a bit of pressure on in, in that sort of regard. Where Rovers were passing through the sections, and but uh, you could see Rovers challenging next year, couldn't you? Hundred percent. I mean, they add to that team that they're going to be closer than they were this year. Like everything else, like you, you know yourself, Shano. Like whether we're in our own teams, or even when you go back to your Liverpool or Liverpool, your United, that nearly getting to the well and then winning the FA Cup or whatever. It's the belief, and that belief is there now, and they know they can p- compete with Dundalk, and they, like it. Yes, I'll go back to the striker thing, but it doesn't matter. The extra, they're going to get an extra couple of percent from the belief of that win. And the buzz of that win. And you're probably going to get an extra couple of hundred going to the games now for all the games, not just selling out for bows. You know, they'll probably have more now with the Dundalk match and whatever else may be. Um, and I think it's it's going to be the catalyst then for them to really push on and try and go for that. As and get the, that striker and move on. The big thing, big thing is, is they've got that one over on Dundalk fi- finally. Like That's yeah. a big 100%. one over on them. So, yeah, yeah no, that'd be interesting next year. Now, of course, on Dundalk, 
What are they going to do? They're going to probably have to go outside the country. And the chairman probably... stepped down. Um, he yeah. came over uh, from Fleet. No, it was a Fleetwood. I can't remember where he came from. Uh, Mark Devlin, he stepped down. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there. Uh, now with the consortium, I'll probably bring in somebody they know or whatever. But it'll be interesting to see the developments there. Um, and then the merry-go-round of trying to nab some players. And Shelburne came out with a serious statement of intent. Now, it's, a, it's an old head, an experienced head. Um but a, a crack but it's probably what they need going into that yeah. division isn't it yeah. and there is I said there is talk of other players going in big big named players yeah so maybe there is a little bit of back in there to try and push them on I just hope they're clever uh, yeah you hope they don't clever Germany don't let's hope it's not something silly yeah, just, yeah. put yourself in trouble don't shoot your load in your first season that's <laughs> it's a bad stay mistake. up job done that's it you know I like the pun. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I meant that. And just a little nod because obviously we've uh, only a couple of minutes because we can bring it, bring that up later on. Uh, the All Ireland League, the guys, have, they're, 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 it's not over. They're going to look into it. I'm sure maybe they've had a, a few chats with the Northern Irish League. Maybe they've said no, but it was a bit disappointing how they said it. It was very much now we're done. And I was like, have a chat. I understand the whole Ballon and Mallard versus Waterford mightn't tick the box, but <laughs> when you've got like Dundalk against Linfield or anyone against Linfield, but they even Cliftonville and Crusaders and uh, Porter Down, there's some top sides. And listen, there'll be serious rivalry. And you've got Finn Harps up there as well. And you've got obviously the Derry City against any of them. And then you've got Dundalk, even Drogheda. There's plenty around that are nearby and create a bit of local rivalry. And, you know, it's... It's a road trip as well. It could be a bit of crack going up to Belfast for the night from Cork and whatever. You know, it could be a, a, a bit of a thing like where let's get a few coaches up and have a bit of a laugh of four o'clock up to Belfast and sure we'd stay the night or we get the bus down. A bit like what you see with the with the Premier League and with the, the English leagues, like from Newcastle down to London and stuff. Like it's what they have to do. Um, I'm not saying it's the answer, but just don't say no just yet. And I'm, I'm I'm just trying to find the tweet here while you were mm. talking. Sorry, but it, it was along those lines. I'm trying to think of the team, but they were, were talking. The Irish league were talking about how they have the league has turned and is financially in a better place and what have you. Maybe they're afraid to upset the apple cart. Yeah, yeah, and I'm trying to look at the team. There was a text and a tweet here um, about it, but I think it might be Porter Down who are actually struggling this year. Right. financially so I don't know if it's as rosy as they make it out to be and I think people are probably afraid to lose their jobs more than yeah. anything I'd really I'd, I'd love to see it I, the more I think about it I was very interested in Quinns very interested in Quinns very much we'll bring in the money we'll advise everyone you still run it yourselves uh, you still run your own clubs but we'll we'll be kind of a, a one giant large franchise as well and we'll kind of go out there and negotiate a money pot for advertising I was like okay I kind of like this mm. quite sensible nice steady growth and whatever but I have to say the video I watched now some of it's pie in the sky but the video that the All Island League Twitter page put up there's two there's two videos two three minute videos very interesting and Here's uh, Cyprus, which is one and a half million. Here is Denmark, which is around the same population. And here's Portugal with 10 million, just to give a scale. And they were kind of shown. Here's... I think they compared Scotland too, did they? Not in this video. Oh. It, was, it was Cyprus, Denmark and Portugal. And revenues, and it were not even close. Attendances was the biggest one. Not even close to Cyprus. They're seven or 8,000 average. Mm. Ours was like 1,500. 
Denmark was around the same, and of course Portugal was up into the, around the 15s to, to, to 20s. Mm. But the money that are uh, the European qualification twice for us, obviously Dem- uh, Dundalk and uh, Rowers. Uh, Cyprus was like 12 12 or 13 times between the Europa League and in the same time mm-hmm. and of course the other two were even higher and then they showed how much money that was brought in so they're kind of saying we're missing a trick here so here's what we need to be doing but it was just an interest like yes it's pie in the sky and yes you need a lot of money investment but it's like here's what we could win if we do it right so it's I'm glad it's there I am hope they stick around for a while so at least if it doesn't happen for them that somebody else might take the baton on and Start making this league, whether it be both or just our own, competitive and getting close to that kind of a level, where we should be up at, at, to a level of, of of Cyprus or other nations like that, or even your Scandinavians or whoever it may be. We're not even close at the moment. So, but it's up to us, me and you, talking and everyone else out there to get out there and start watching some of it. Because in fairness, Rovers played; it was pretty to watch some of it. And yeah, no, it was. It's good football. Yeah. It is good. It's ignorant of people. Oh, shit. I'm, it drives me mad. Yeah. Proper watch a few games. Now, what? Who won't help more than likely is the FAI because the the, the FAI's financial crisis has forced the under twenty ones to take five scheduled yeah. flights for their upcoming pair of Euro qualifiers, and Stephen Kenny believes it's detrimental to their preparations. Absolutely, and, and he's and, and obviously that he's lost a couple of players as well through injury, and two of them are gone up to the. Senior squad. Uh, so it says, despite in our, the organisation reporting a turnover of fifty million in two thousand seventeen, the estimated outlay of a hundred thousand for the plane is a non-runner. Like, there has to be priorities here yeah. with them, and they may be in bad financial health right now. They might be at their worst mm-hmm. financial health right now. But it's a bit like RTE, isn't it? Like, it's oh. it, it, it's it's. If you look after yourself too well in a, mm-hmm. in an organisation, it's going to crumble. Speaking of which, with RTE, it was very funny. Um, there was obviously some tributes to Gay Bourne, who sadly passed away uh, during the week. And they had a live Late Late Show, but they, there was another one afterwards. It was a documentary. It was from a few years ago. Yeah. From when he was like, called Gabe or whatever. And uh, I think it was the early 80s. And he never asked for money, never asked for a raise, because he thought, he might think I'm a bit too up myself. And... He, he he loved his job too much because one of because Mike Murphy said, get in there and get a pay rise. You're irreplaceable. I am. I need more money, and they're not going to give it to me. Get more <laughs> money, and then I'll go up by a sketch. So whatever you get, I'll go up. I need it. Yeah. <laughs> All that kind of. It was funny, but anyway, one of his uh, kind of best mates or whatever was talking to him, and America. I don't know who exactly, but big money. One of the big networks were trying to get him over in the early to mid eighties, and long story short. He went in before this for a raise and he told him to get the boat, told him to get the effing boat or whatever he said, all out the door, get lost, you know, not a danger. We haven't a pot to piddle in and all this crack. But anyway, six months later, all the rumours, they brought him in and whoever it was said, whatever he's offered, give it to him and then some. And he, he kind of, he didn't say it, but he said it was phenomenal, the rise. Yeah. So whatever he was offered in America was big, big book. And RT went, yeah, you can have it. You know, so that's where it started from. Because I think the top earners, Tuberty, isn't he up to a million or is he six hundred thousand? No, 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 no. They're they're down. I think. Yeah, he might be around six hundred. Six hundred, something yeah. like that. Yeah, Big books when you think about it. It is. It's huge. Massive money. It's more than what the the the, the T shock. Oh, gets. stop! Was it? He's on one hundred and fifty grand a year. Or was should, he? Or? Yeah, no, I can't remember what he's on, but he shouldn't even be getting what he's getting. So it doesn't make a difference. <laughs> Anyhow, sport. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Yes, so we uh, will we take a break? We take a break, and obviously we just we forgot to say it to you, but we're gonna get our 
rugby expert and uh, rugby confidant to talk about, um, obviously, the finish of the World Cup last week. And uh, obviously, this scenario with Saris, because you think I would know, but I think he's discussed this before about how they do it. So let's 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 burn his ear in a few minutes. But Darren Shields is coming on up after this. You're listening to Liffy Sound on 96.4 FM. Darren Shields, are you there? I am. Shannon, how are you getting on, mate? You well? I am absolutely brilliant. Thank you very much. Okay. Because we didn't get to talk to you. <laughs> right? And it's... Uh, I've been lulled out of my depression. Yeah, it's a bit of a sore spot for everyone involved. We'll just go Ireland first, I suppose. Oh, yeah. Because I, I want to get it out of the way. I want to get it out of the way. Only closure. Okay, go on, go. Let's talk, just talk about the Ireland scenario. Talk about the Joe Smith scenario. How did we get where we were from last November to where we are this November? Um, because we stayed where we were last November and we didn't change to where we were this November, I think is the most succinct way I could put it. If you keep playing the same way in rugby, um, it's very, very difficult, especially if it's a very formulaic pattern as we had been doing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very, very difficult not to have the other teams figure you out and catch up with you. Um, if we were only coming into that vein of form this year and it was the first time we'd be doing it, then you know you could be looking and saying, Jesus, weren't we brilliant? And we had our epic year instead of having it in 2018 we had it in 2019 um, so sometimes the timing just falls wrong on it now yeah. you would argue then that you know in hindsight people are looking at it going oh well why didn't we change why didn't we change it's very very difficult if you're in a situation where you're following what the coach says and everything's going well you've the world player of the year you have uh, Leinster went a year and a chunk without getting beaten then you had the Irish team went a year more or less without getting beaten. Um, you had young guys coming into the squad like James Ryan who just seemed absolutely indestructible. You know what I mean? You're going to keep going, well, look, maybe it's just us. Maybe we need to just do it a little bit better than we had been doing. Maybe we're a bit off form mm. um, rather than trying to change the system up. But I think that's basically what I, I, I see is happening is that we were coming into... We hit form playing that type of rugby a year earlier than the World Cup, and it worked brilliant. You could argue that we were playing against teams that weren't as focused on Six Nations and Autumn Internationals as we were. But, again, I think that would be to play down some of the achievements of what the lads did do that year. You know, that kind of way. And I think sometimes we can be very, very quick to turn around and say, everybody else must have been crap because they hammered us this year. Sometimes you're just better than teams one year and they get better than you the next year. You lower your standards or, you know what I mean, you just don't play as well. Um, so I wouldn't take Anton away from what they had done, but I think looking at other teams, I had learned how to adapt and play a better style of rugby. But in the end of it, getting away from the Irish thing a little bit, South Africa won the World Cup playing the type of rugby we were playing. Yeah. So... All but of the people who were slagging off Joe Smith bigger, and bigger players. Yeah, exactly. There's bigger, more aggressive players. Naturally bigger players? Oh, definitely not. <laughs> not a chance. Allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. Allegedly, allegedly. <laughs> but I would say 
Hall, Kimmich probably flipped themselves inside out when yeah. they went and won that. Um, <laughs> but they, they, they just like that. They, they did it better. Like for yeah. all the slagging Ireland were getting and Joe Smith was getting as a coach, saying, "Oh, why don't we offload more? Look at England. Look at um, New Zealand. All of these things. Look at Japan. They're mm-hmm. able to offload the game, offload the ball way better than we are." Um, Japan didn't get any further than we did. Mm. Um, New Zealand got beaten by a team who offloaded less than them in the game they played against them. Mm. Um, and then South Africa and Wales had, I think, two offloads between them in the in the semi-final. <laughs> and then again, South Africa very very few offloads in the final. They just stuck it up the jumper, kept it super simple. I actually saw. At one stage in the second half, South Africa set up a mall from live play, which I haven't seen in about 15 years, which is you basically get one forward to plow into someone and try and stay on his feet, turn back towards his own team, and you've got every other forward plows in behind him, which is as grunt playing in the muck, kind of mm. AIL club rugby from the 1980s kind of stuff. You know what I mean? But it's... Whatever gets you over the line when you're playing when you're doing cup rugby, you know that kind of way. You can trophy. play you can be as fancy as you want when it's in a league scenario, but uh, when it gets to no bonus points, whoever scores the most points at the end of this game is gonna is going through to the next round. It's so, funny because there, when when Ireland drew the group that they drew and they seen the draw that was presented to them, everyone was saying, "Well, let's hope we win the top this group to." Play South Africa in the quarterfinals. Well, it was them or New Zealand, if you know what so, I mean. So, yeah. is are South Africa? Well, no. Where South Africa the best team in the tournament? Um, Obviously, they won it, but were they well, the best yeah, team? It, it kind of depends what way you want to argue it. If you, if like clearly they were the best team if they won the competition, mm. but the argument against it would be: Did they play the most exciting rugby, the most interesting rugby to watch? No, they don't. But in saying that you're kind of going, they came in at probably the lowest ranking they've ever gone into a World Cup at, mm. and they found a way to work around. Like when uh, Razzy Rasmus took them over 18 months ago, mm. they were they were in the doldrums. The confidence was at an all-time low. They they were taking hidings left, right, and centre in the uh, championship. They'd been beaten by Argentina. There was just Everybody thought this was going to be a disaster. World and he Cup wasn't even brought in initially to manage the side or coach the, the side. No, but it, it's, it was kind of that thing of he went in with the right attitude. of this. Like He went in as a, as a servant of South African rugby, I think. You know what I mean? He wasn't going in with any kind of, this is going to further my career or this is going to be... He went in as a South African coach to coach his national team which does add that extra bit. And when you see the interviews with the guys after it of how he created that atmosphere of them playing for a, a, better, a bigger cause than themselves, that they were playing for the team and outside the team they were playing for their country and the towns they grew up in and you know the people who got them to where they were. That, that, that was a class bit of management, like man management, before you get into any of the the kind of tactical stuff mm. that you can turn players' attitudes around. And I think that could be argued to be one of the issues with the Irish team. Yes, they were coming out and saying they were in good form and they prepared well for games, but 
had they prepared well in a Joe Smith tactical kind of way? Do you like, oh, we're ticking all the boxes? Or were they prepared well in a, we're in the right mental state to actually go out and beat teams? Whereas I'm not too sure if they were. How does Mr. Farrell approach the Ireland job now? Um, I would say there's been a lot of talk of, and it usually is the case when uh, World Cups and big tournaments finished and teams don't go as well as people had planned that they're going to go, oh, get rid of all the old lads, we're going to start with the young lads, we're going to look to four years later. I don't think you need to go as anywhere near as extreme as that. I mean, that you'd be a lunatic to throw out or dis- just discard players who still have things to offer, um, have masses of experience and can still provide uh, top performances on in big tournaments or on big days or whatever. But I think what needs to change is you need to pick players on form. I think that's the biggest problem that we had. I think I was chatting um, to a few lads before the Ireland-New Zealand game, and we were, people were asking, who do you think is going to, who's going to represent Ireland? Who's he going to pick? And you knew he was just going to go back to the all-reliables. Yeah. And the problem with that is that there's no... There's no fire. There's no incentive. There's nearly more of a, uh, oh God, we don't we don't have a plan. Let's go back to what worked for us back in 2018. And it, yes, it worked back then, but it's not going to work now. So why don't you pick a guy like Reese Ruddock, who is so hungry and is so uh, ambitious to try and break into that team, and is you know the guy that's clearing up yards wise, statistics wise, as far as tackles hit, he's probably the strongest pound-for-pound player definitely in the back row um, but he's and he's dynamic as well he's trying he's trying different things and it's like oh no we'll just go with Peter Armani again is that was that Joe Smith's failure that he abandoned his whole approach that he had for the, for the, the years beforehand where if you were playing well, you were in. If you you put pressure on someone else and they weren't they weren't up to it, no matter how long they were with him, they were in. And I you, don't think he ever really did that, though. Do you not think so? He, not a huge amount. Mm, I don't I know don't about he that. He, he 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 did drop people at certain times for 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 younger players. Yeah, to a certain extent, but there were other times when he he stuck with players who were playing quite badly. Like Keith Earls at the moment is playing out of his skin. He's probably playing the best rugby of his life for the last 18 months, I'd say, maybe even two years. Prior to that, he was atrocious. Mm. And he was still getting yeah. the same. He was um, frustrating. You're looking at Rob Kearney, who again is a, an outstanding player, but has gone through large phases of the last two years where he was out of form and was, and was still picked to start. You know that kind of way? Mm. So. You can, you can argue it one way or the other, but I, I, I think there was always a loyalty and a, there, was a, there was also a, a thing of favourites. There was the, the lads who Joe agreed with and went with and he knew they would stick to the game plan or, you know what I mean? Or not even that they'd stick to the game plan, but that he had faith in their abilities past what he had seen on a pitch. You know, they argued an awful lot of time that it was what they were seeing on the training pitch. Uh, during this World Cup campaign, you know, you were saying, "How is that guy getting picked?" 
haven't played as badly as he did the previous week, or they're like, oh no, well, you should have seen him in training. He's been ticking all the boxes. He's been putting it. He's been racking up great numbers in the gym, and he's been doing certain things on the pitch and all that kind of stuff. But you know what I mean? It's it is a hard thing to call. I suppose it, you the the argument from your side would be the fact that he was able to drop someone like Toner in the place of Klein going away but I think that just absolutely backfired on him yeah. completely which we had said hopefully it wouldn't but had a had a strong feeling that it would before we even went to the World Cup so um, but anyway Klein will be back down with the rest of the South African slash monster <laughs> pack um, they signed another couple of South Africans this week didn't they yeah, they signed so. Alande uh, in the centre, uh, yeah. which seems shocking uh, considering you've Chris Farrell already yeah. there. You're going to go, what was the point in bringing him back if you're going to put yeah. someone else in his position? And then you've got, uh, oh, I can't remember the name of the second row, who's after going down there. Mm. But, but it basically will between uh, Bolta, Klein, uh, Cote, uh, Oh, what's the uh, and standard? There's going to be. A, I'd say they could probably have about six guys who, when you include the the Afri or the Irish qualified ones, you'll have about six South Africans playing in the monster pack. So, probably gives reason for why Paul O'Connell learned Afrikaans back in 2009. <laughs> he's going to come back and coach the monster line <laughs> Come here to me. I think you explained before, right? Before yep. we get into the punishment side of it with Sarensons, but what way do they pl- pay the players? Didn't you? And they paid tw- in mm. two separate ways. What didn't you say it before? Yeah, we had, we we had, we had a chat about this before the the Heineken Cup. Yeah. Um, basically, what happened is the the salary cap in England uh, has a clause written, and the the bottom line of it is the salary cap is inclusive of every single penny you give the players by any means you want it so you can't say oh well I'm going to give him a certain amount of money as a player but then I'm going to employ him as the under 18s coach as well and give him separate money for that you can't get they're just saying look what's the bottom line how much money did you give him as a player Grant if it's it's above the salary cap then you're in trouble what the uh, Saracens owner um, had been claiming he was doing was that he was a uh, trying to foster an entrepreneurial spirit amongst the players <laughs> by investing in their own companies. Um, so all of the players set up companies. Um, I know the, the Vinopola brothers set up one together. Uh, Wigglesworth had set one up. Like, and it was as blatant and as shammy as you would expect. Like Wigglesworth set up Wigglesworth 9 Limited, um, whose only employee, I think, was his missus. Um, there was lads who had property companies that owned no property, where it didn't rent any property and uh, weren't mm-hmm. looking at any property. But the idea was this guy would come along and invest a massive chunk of money in it every year, which yeah. just all happened to co- you know coincide with whatever their rest of their. So on the books, they're only earning maybe a couple of hundred grand a year, kind of thing. Exactly, and right. then you know you were having wives getting employed for you know maybe between fifty and a hundred grand a year on top of that as well. Yeah, this sounds um, like the. Like the doll. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Except that, except that it wasn't as uh, the dog don't write their rules as clearly as uh, oh. being in the Premiership, unfortunately. Um, and wouldn't get punished. <laughs> no, exactly, definitely not. And but is this we, what they're getting done for, there, or is it? Getting, the... This is what they're getting done for. We had said before yeah. the thing that you know what I mean. Like when we were chatting to lads over at the final from yeah. different clubs around England, they were all so up for uh, Saracens to get beaten because they could just see them getting this unfair treatment. The IRA or the RFU weren't calling them up on stuff, even though it was blatantly obvious they were uh, cooking the books. Yeah. Um, but obviously, when you come back from a World Cup uh, without the trophy in your uh, carry-on luggage, then the RFU is going to look differently yeah. on all of these players. I, I firmly believe it was being held off until they found out what happened. Because Will they, they have to lose players then, there? Huh? Will they have to lose players? Do you think? Uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I can't see. Uh, like I know your man is gonna try and mm. like he has the money to to bankrupt to pay them the money that they're on. But you just I can't see all of those players who were getting the money they were. Yeah. The age profile of some of the lads, even the injury profile of the likes of Billy Vanapola or whatever. Yeah. I couldn't see him hanging around if somebody comes in from France yeah. and says we'll give you the money you were supposed to be getting or your man had told you you were going to end up with at the end of the season. Um, so it's a, my, it's a it's a 35-point deduction and a fine of more than 5 million. So they're on minus 26 points after three games. Now, they could, like, I could still see them staying up. Yeah, because apparently their points haul, say, every year for the last three or four years, if they got there, they'd stay up. It'd be enough at the moment. Yeah. But I, 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 I think that a kind of team... You know what I mean? That they have that kind of us against everybody else yeah, mentality. Yeah. That they could take something like this and use it to get them through the season anyway. You know that kind of way. You would see the likes of Atoje and whatever, just you know, yeah. all coming in together, all of that kind of rallying each other and back slapping and all that kind of stuff, and kind of go, oh, we'll show them. I, I definitely, I could see them staying up, but but they're gonna have to lose players immediately. I, I would. But it depends how Unless they deduct their, their wages You know, bring it down Cuts. It could be it, There's also There's huge amounts of money Going into the legal case That they're They're filing for an appeal Now The RFU have said That there's no grounds for appeal Unless They can claim That there was uh, Something untoward In uh, How the punishment Was arrived at Or how the investigation Took place Or Technicality, so yeah, something yeah, yeah which means that the RFU have obviously had this, <coughs> you know, with all the the eyes dotted and t's crossed, mm-hmm. and are, they have been waiting with this in the barrel for a while, mm-hmm. and now they've finally gone grand. Right, we have you by the short and curlies, and we're pulling the trigger, and you know you can come back at us all you want with your uh, solicitors and barristers, but we have you now, so. It seems like a big call by them. It's a ma- it, I still, I don't know. I I think no matter how much the RFU are claiming they have them, I still can't see that being the final punishment. I still think it's gonna. It seems incredibly high. I'll see. I do. I really think it's gonna come down at some stage. Well, it but, should. Uh, should. Should the title be taken away from them then? The Premiership one, yes. The European one, no. 
Okay, because the rules are there for the European, are they not? I don't think so, no. Okay. Like, you know what I mean? There's, there's different rules on every country when it comes to playing in Europe and the right. rest of it. But um, I think they, they, they screwed over the other teams in the Premiership more than they would have done the other teams in the, the Heineken Cup. I kind of personally think... I kind of personally think it's fair that they get fined a record fine and fair to get record points because you've seen clubs like, I don't know, Rangers who kind of bought the league for years and then ended up in financial difficulties because of how much they were spending. And So if there's a cap there, that's, the, that's what it's supposed to be. It's fair, it's a rule, and if you're not willing to follow it, why would anyone else if, the, if there wasn't these big fines? So totally everyone would jump on the ship. Totally you know? And I think it, it's something that the, the football should be looking at more when you see, you know, I know Chelsea have got done this year, but there's so many of the big clubs across Europe are cooking books left, right and centre. Yeah. Um, and they, they, they know they can do it with impunity. That yeah. they'll, you know, they can, even if they do know that they're going to get hit with a one-year ban of transfers, they're always given a six-month or a two-window leeway into it so they can buy up all the players they need and get everybody else signed up on extended contracts yeah. and see their way through it you know that kind of way yeah. so okay listen there we're going to leave it there thanks very much for that and uh, we, we'll, we'll get back on to you again as soon as uh, is there there's international soon uh, no, no well, the Pro 14 is back 14. up and running in a big way it's been awesome now so far uh, Connacht and Leinster now this week you'll have a good few of the the World Cup lads will be back for that um, Bundy Aki is on the bench for Connacht uh, but at the moment he's, he's I'm not saying he's going to struggle to get back into the team because of who he is but uh, the two centres there Tom Farrell and another guy Peter Robb have been absolutely tearing it apart over there and now they'll have Jack Carty back in at 10 beside them um, so I think they're, they're going to be a handful for, for Leinster the weekend but I know Leinster have a lot of big guns especially in the front row um, coming back now Keen Healy Andrew Porter um, a few who else is back Reese Ruddock is on the bench as is Rob Kearney so that, uh, it'll be a nice match now over in the sports ground hopefully the weather isn't Brilliant. Uh, Connachty yeah no we'll get we'll, <laughs> <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll get back on to you in a couple of weeks time maybe a few weeks time or a month's time we'll see what way that's all rounding itself up Dar, thanks very much for that Take care, man. Cheers. Talk to you. Talk. Bye. 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 Tune to Liffey Sound ninety six point four FM. And welcome back to the big kickoff and Liffey Sound ninety six point four FM. David, just a quick one, just to finish up on the the rugby World Cup, and it's the end at the trophy ceremony. The difference, like you know, it just got me immediately. The difference between themselves and the football lads, and how much like turning the jersey around so their name is on the front and getting in the way of the captains or anything like that, just being arseholes, making sure they're in the middle and the whole lot. And they all come up, they get their medal, they all sit back and the captain came up. They didn't even overcrowd him. He lifted it up. They all went bananas. And after about 20 seconds, I was like, all right, will you give it to somebody? But no one got in his way. It was very much, this is what it is. And there was no kind of, as soon as they go over for the team photo, somebody gets in front of the winner's thing and lies there to make sure they're in the middle and everyone's jockeying for position. And then, of course, he comes out with his speech afterwards, like in his, his first chat, like, and it was phenomenal mm. about it's for the nation and, and and they're in bits over there at the minute. Like Mandela, 
you know, his legacy hasn't lived on at the moment, unfortunately, over there. There's awful problems and it was very much shouted loud and proud by him, but it was very much, it's a bloody team game and it's still a team game and it's not about the individuals compared to our football counterparts, unfortunately, that is rife everywhere. Yeah. Um, but it was just, it just goes to show you it's still out there and it's, I pres- I'm going to put it down to how it's put across by their management and above how you carry yourself compared to, obviously, they obviously don't, deal with that too much in the football side of things like they're I quite think happy to let them do whatever the fact they want I'm not sure you can paint everyone with the same no brush. but, but when it I comes do to understand trophies, what you're saying yeah, yeah I do understand what when you're it saying. comes to trophy now obviously the FAI one is a little bit different it wasn't quite as bad a few lads jockeying but nothing too but um, just at the very top level pretty much every trophy ceremony every it's just make sure I'm in the shop make sure it's about me well do you know what really annoys me is <laughs> I, the lad, the fella who gets the trophy, the captain at the back. He can't even get to the front. He can't get to the front. Yeah. So they can't even see the full view of him. And now, they're all jumping in front It only of made him. me happy once. And that's when Chelsea won the European Cup. Because Terry couldn't get to the very front. <laughs> he was trying his best and he couldn't. That's the only time it made me happy. When it's but yeah, game. no, that annoys me. It but really exactly, does. lads, this is a team game. Chelsea or Liverpool, whoever it may be, have won it. It's them. It's nothing yeah. to do with you. You've played your part, but it's not you and you alone. Sit back, let the captain do his job. And then I'll uh, I'll get your go. Anyway, you know? what kind of captain are they? If they get get them out of the way, yeah. get out of the way. Exactly. Yeah. It just, just it just goes to show you there's a there's a difference. You know what I mean? And it's it was very much the the team and the badge and the country was more important than the the individual. And it was just impressive. And it's not a massive thing, but I was, I was just struck by it almost immediately. To carry on, it was very much they walked down and it was all quite orderly and quite like we're all in it together. There's, it's not about me or him or whoever the star of the show was. It just it was just interesting. Um, but obviously we go back to the FA Cup final for a split second because straight after that it was the hockey and we all became hockey experts again with oh. the, with the work, uh, Olympic Bef- qualifier before you go to the hockey of course the women's final was on wasn't it did oh, you yeah. watch the women's but final th- that was a decent game there was a, Teddy Rihanna was Jarrett is a good player yeah yeah. She's, they, she's I'm surprised she's still in Irish football yeah her feet are, so, are very very quick very quick yeah. very knowledgeable very cute like with some of the running the runs that she did very very stereotypical striker like she could see the danger and she starts going and the girl like whoever had the ball was knew what was happening over the top and she was in I was very impressed with her yeah no and I really enjoyed the game yeah. as well I thought good it was a really ball. good game and uh, yeah of course onto the women's hockey as you were Unreal. saying Unreal. Um, the it, deluge from the night before <clears throat> it was absolutely horrific conditions so nil all was obvious and uh, yeah, nil all again, and of course the. And you're getting up. each quarter that went through. Yeah. You were getting a little bit more nervous. <laughs> Tension was building. <laughs> I was sitting at home, and Jill was sitting beside me, and she was like, mm, "Good." And she's, "I don't even like hockey." <laughs> <laughs> like I, I know you don't, but but that's what sport can do, especially if you put an Ireland yeah, badge. You know. Yeah. So and of course, then it went down to the penalty shootout, and then we looked dead and buried in that as well. Unbelievable. We we got out of jail, I think, four times there, and I have to say, I. I was at a stage there. I gave up a bit. Yeah, I was like, yeah. Okay, they might get through this one. They might score this one. They might save that one. But are they going to get through three, four? Yeah. Oh, it was, Chloe Watson's goal was seriously impressive. Uh, from the angle. She reversed and all. Super. No, well, there was two of them. But yeah, there was one the exceptionally angle, yeah. impressive. Uh, and of course, uh, of course, uh, did they, what is that? They have a review that each like a bit like tennis that the teams can use on yeah and if it pays they? off it stays say you get two reviews and I think it was a back stick yeah it was Grant you're, you, you keep your review yeah, yeah. but if you I think it, was, it wasn't okay you've won less now yeah I think it was one in the penalty shootout 
Yeah, yeah, but no, you have a set amount of reviews yeah. and you get to keep it if you're right. And because yeah. sometimes people have could be thrown flags left, right, center, or whatever. And it's a bit like that in American football, and I think in a few others, you have a set amount. If you get the right call, you get to keep it. But a brilliant, brilliant result. Uh, uh, Never was, been it done. Was, it was actually it was inspirational because yeah. it, it was one of those big moments, wasn't it? And it was a and good hefty crowd. I think those uh, yeah, six thousand, and uh, uh, it was. You could see how much it meant to them, and and this is a proper couple of years, four years process mm. where this is they set out a plan and they bloody got it. You know, obviously with the back of getting to the final of the World Cup a year or two ago, now, it was a nice springboard. Yeah, and it's, that's helped them hugely, and they got funding and all that's absolutely brilliant. We look at the review system there, and then we look at the VAR system. Well, that's the link I wanted to talk about earlier, and I said to bring in the two and. I'll just go to the football VAR for a second. Uh, probably because it's Liverpool and it's a league challenge inside, but there's a hell of a lot more clamour than usual about this offside because it was an armpit or whatever it was. Mm. And I was like, calm down. They're being consistent. I don't agree with this big toe thing. I think it should be the majority of the body, blah, blah, blah. As the lads were slagging Peter Crouch in his podcast, one day, you'd be screwed. Like your arm or your big finger or whatever would be <laughs> in the way all of them. You're yeah. screwed. But... Um, I think it was Andy Gray on being sports. Now, they could have easily doctored this and whatever, but they had their cameras and they were able to kind of prove it's actually onside. So that leaves a grey area. You're like, well, if they can do it now, I don't know where it smokes and mirrors just to create a bit of tension and clicks for what people. What was your initial thought when you seen the picture? Before oh, they added oh, the, the lines. Picture, it looked onside because you're looking at the bodies. Yeah. I don't really go, oh, is his big toe no. or his arm slightly? You look at the bodies and it go, looked, that looks level. It looked, I actually thought it looked well onside yeah because the knee was well ahead of yeah. the armpit if yeah, you want to call yeah, it. yeah but is, is this a, a problem that they're, they're 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 slowing it down they're judging yeah. it by every little body part oh 100% and but to go from that for me and what I kind of wanted to bring up it's like everyone's like even Gary Lineker is very much a fan of it and a couple others they're kind of oh jeez I don't know now but then there was one or two people ordinary punters like you or I kind of putting up a tear no we can't scrap it get to the review board Get back, have a chat, make one or two small little decisions and tweaks, evolve. Don't say, right, it's over now. We've mm. tried it because we haven't tried it. Two or three months is not enough. But I think one of the immediate things they can do without any breaking of sweat, if the technology's there, there's all the mic them bloody up so we know what they're talking about. Yeah. Managers know what they talk about and not just see this little thing because we watched it on Sunday night. Uh, will you please have a look? We think uh, there was a, a back stick. They hit it with the back of the stick. Yeah. Hold on a second. Yeah, no, she didn't hit the back stick. Carry and they, as you said, they get video footage of that referee in the stand. Yeah, and the ref said, "Can I? I think can you look at the back stick? Don't get involved. Just do what I've asked you." Yeah, and that's it. Well, apparently, I think they do get a bit involved, and they kind of sometimes get in the refs here in the Premier League. Yeah. Go, oh, I doubt that was an offside. No, tough. Shut your mouth. I'll come to you yeah. and maybe say, right, I'm not sure about the panel. Can you have a look at it for me? Yeah, yeah I, no, no, it's it's diving a booking. Thanks very much. Boom, off you go. Yeah. Or listen, I'm not too sure, ref. Come over to the monitor halfway and have a look at it. Yeah, grand. I'll have a look at it as well together with you. And he makes the final decision. If the VAR can't see yet and clear and obvious, have a quick look yourself. Start making your way over and move on. It's one of the problems that's with, a simple with step. VAR, the inconsistency too. 100%. There's been handballs where in the box where you got, we were told that 
if there was a handball in the box, mm-hmm. it was a penalty. Yeah, that's no what we were what. told. And, and some now got away with it. some of them are got they've been getting away because oh well, he didn't intentionally mean or. Mm-hmm. It, 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 but that wasn't the rule. So they've kind of... Pretty much almost any handball, as far as I knew, was going to be... Going to be uh, a penalty. A penalty. No, I didn't I didn't believe in that. I think the referee should be judging it on whether it was on purpose or not on purpose. Um, but that's the way it was. And soon I didn't as, think it was soon as and Quinn were talking about it, because remember the, the, when the two lads got sent off for Ajax, mm. uh, there's a set distance, apparently, within a yard or two, and it's a shot like that. There's nothing you can, can you do, do. But this guy was like five or six yards away. In inverted commas, no one can see me saying it. He could have took it away. So therefore, now it was a penalty in my eyes. It hit his arm, and it's on its way towards goal. Fine, but the booking and the sending off, I was like, Jesus, it's a bit harsh. God love him because yeah. the other fellow was getting sent off. Yeah, is, is the punishment not the penalty? That's what, in this instance. See, here's where they can hide behind. Well, the rule book the says, rules, yeah, but blah, there needs blah, blah. to be common sense. Is that not the problem with football? The common sense has gone out the window. There was a tackle there the other day from who was it? Oh God, I can't think now. Uh, Norwich, Norwich defender used to play for West Br- Dawson. Who yeah. is he playing with now? Dawson. Is it Southampton? Could, could be. He was yeah. playing match and he made a tackle, and it was an unbelievably perfect tackle. And referee gave him a booking, and I'm kind of going. These rules now, where everything is being protected, right. people are afraid. Like Son, the the the, the tackle yeah. Son did on um, Gomez. Gomez, he's taking a yellow card out, which I think is the right thing. Mm. And then because of VAR, then he's told, or not because of VAR, because yeah, got rescinded. Which the red card? Yeah, but is it because? The, they're all afraid. It was probably the injury. Are they not all afraid? Well, I think they're all. Is, the there's thing. so much focus on them now that they're all afraid to make the wrong decision, and that's why they're going to VAR so much. That could be the case, but at the same time, in my opinion, they need to be more accountable. Refs have never been accountable, in my opinion. But they're less accountable now. No, but that's what I'm saying. They need to be more accountable because they've always been unaccountable or whatever because they don't have to talk to somebody I think they should be made talk to the press maybe an hour or two later yeah. and the press don't get to ask many questions they can go why was this why was that and let them explain it mm. don't ask them any other things what we think just why was he sent off it was because of this 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 and move away I, I, it should happen or at least send out a report or something and give it to the press and say here you go here's the reasons here's what we're sending on mm. and now that's why I'm saying a simple step is Mic them up so you know exactly what they're talking about. You know exactly the decision and why they've come to that decision. There's Delafeu, in my opinion. It was a blatant, obvious dive. But what this obsession, and sorry, these footballers who are getting paid stupid money to give their opinions are morons with this whole contact crap. Mm. There being, you wouldn't, there's no point in playing football if there's, if there's, if there's no, no contact. contact yeah. totally and it was agreement. blatantly obvious he took a step or two and then took the jump. He took a gamble. But with this VAR, that's supposed to get rid of that. But, oh, touch... That contact Penno, I can't believe no, they yeah. gave it. Yeah. Um, so have the chat, ha- so we can hear it, and then we can pe- like absolutely slate them and go. I can't mm. believe they're still giving this. We can hear this. Who got didn't, Liverpool was a Salah or Mane that got one of those <laughs> as well. Yeah, it was. It was. It was about a month ago, <laughs> and that exact pick. same thing yeah. where there was a little, there was contact, yeah. but it wasn't enough to bring the player down. 100%. And then he dived on the ground. Hundred percent. That needs to be sorted, but Grow they're not a pair and make the decision and book them. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm, I'm in total agreement. And with if that. it gets a bit silly for a while, the players will learn and the managers will go, cop on. Is it a case that, or is it, could it be put out there that VAR to be taken away? No. Referees back in, but with a review system 
like the hockey where they can go to the VAR? Uh, managers and stuff, yeah, possibly. No, like no, like maybe it's the captain. Maybe the captain's out on the pitch and he says, "Listen, like they do in wanna, tennis as well." I want to use the review there. Yeah, like if the you tennis. get it right, you keep your three challenge. If you get it wrong, you lose one. That's it. So you don't just go to everything because, like Liverpool, I think it was Liverpool who kind of pushed the Man United one. Remember the the, the foul back in the own half. I think it was the players pushed up here. Go back to that. I think mm. so. Maybe they'll pick and choose. So in that sense, yeah, but it's still a, a an evolution of it, and it's still it shouldn't go away as of yet. I think it's too quick and too easy. Scrap it. It's a joke. Mm. Change it. It's not gonna like, and I think that's simple. I think the authorities are making it harder than it should be. Hundred percent. The FA need to. There's an international break coming. Yeah. You have two weeks. Make one little change. Show that you've. It's okay to put your hand up and say, right, it's not perfect yet. Like, there's too much arrogance, well, not even arrogance, ignorance uh, with football. They didn't want this. But people, because all the other sports are evolving and moving on, they seem, it's a bit a bit like the British attitude and Brexit and stuff. They think they're something that they're not and they're still up there as a British. And I think the FA and football think they are still above everyone and they're still the kings of it. And no one tells us what to do. We yeah. do it ourselves. Well, you're a bit slow to the table now and it's, and it's still showing. Be, be progressive. To get the refs in next week international break right lads you're being mic'd up it's as simple as that you know people need to know people need to be more in the window be more progressive here's here's examples show the bleeding uh, hockey World Cup final show the rugby yeah. show how, how and it's the but, ref says look at this for me and you tell me I was I right or wrong or whatever and that's it don't get involved Mr. But, you, but you see that I see that we look at the rugby you look at the hockey you say it's working you don't see any dissent in the hockey, you don't see any dissent. In rugby, you don't see any dissent. But it's the world governing bodies that are letting dive and carry on. They're letting dissent carry on. They're letting the the, the grey area gaps. I fear there's a, a dark thing in the background, and and it's a it's a blatant. I don't even I don't hundred percent believe it, but I always will. Ne- I'll never rule it out. I just can't help but think there's something corrupt in the game. There's something a bit naughty in the game. Why it's so slow to get rid of it. Yeah. I just can't, I just have that, I don't 100% believe it, but I just, I can't rule it out. And it always creeps into my head every now and then. Why are they so so slow to do this? Why are they so slow to change this? There's something must be a bit wrong in the background. I, not fixed, but there's just, I don't know what it is. I know what it is. What? Seth Blatter <laughs> is the emperor from the, from Star Wars. <laughs> He's not dead. He's not gone. He's coming back. <laughs> There's always two. Isn't that right in Star Wars? Two, yeah. So he's gone. But who's, who's took over? Was Platini the other one? Or, or yeah, is Infinito? Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, listen. But there you go. Like, you know, we're two nobodies, two idiots. But the most sensible thing, it might come up. And that's the first step. Yeah. And then let's see. And hopefully in a year or two, you can have a nice little well-oiled system. And we're, we're, we're like the rest of them. You know, right? We're gonna have to pack it in there. Yeah. So we will back next week. Very I'm briefly, quickly. Two YouTubers fighting on Saturday night. It's gonna be the biggest fight of the year for mo- uh, pay-per-views, fucking views on the internet. It's massive. This thing is bloody huge, and Eddie Hearn is loving it. KSI and Logan Paul. If you want to watch it, watch. It's on box office. I won't be watching that. Yeah. I'll see you next week. Bye.